everyone, and welcome to Unscripted Equity Curiosity, Season 2, Episode 13. My name is Ami Joseph. I'm the Sector Head for Technology here at Hedgeye. I've got Felix Wang with me today, Sector Head for, for China at Hedgeye. And today, our special guest is none other than Howard Penny, who is the Sector Head for <laughs> Cannabis and Restaurants and Staples at Hedgeye. Um, and... We thought, Howard, I, I got a lot of questions for you, um, and I'm going to throw them all up there in kind of like a big ball, and then you can kind of kick it off and run with it in whatever direction you want, and we'll interrupt and, you know, ask follow-up questions and stuff. Um, but I guess, like, I, I generally, I have, like, a very general question, which is that it seems to me that, you know, alcohol has been entrenched in our world for a really, really long time as kind of like the, the go-to source of, you know, whatever, entertainment. I don't know what you want to call it. But there's more and more discussion. I guess it happens gradually with the society turning on things that, like, it's not so healthy, right? I mean, obviously, alcoholism is not healthy. Addiction of any kind is not healthy. But even just, you know, alcohol in general, they used to say, oh, yeah, gosh, one day is good for you. But then, like, more recently, they're saying things like, well, maybe it's better not to, not to have any... Um, and I'm just wondering, like, how do you, do you look at those tea leaves? Do you see like, oh, my gosh, cannabis is going to be like, you know, the way people go to a bar um, here for alcohol in the future to be like with Amsterdam, people go to a bar, you know, for that um, communal experience. It, how, how do you is is this industry like just about to go on a rocket ship for the next 50 years, 100 years? And then my, I, I guess with, within that, I, I would say like, I would have guessed that this group would be uncorrelated from an equity perspective to whatever else is going on, um, just because of those fundamentals. And obviously I'm wrong. So I just want to understand like, now you see the, tell me how you see the forest, like the way I described the forest, I don't know, maybe the setup is totally wrong. Like, you know, kind of this like, crossover or from one to the other, or maybe just adding the other one in addition to the original one, like meaning like adding, you know, marijuana consumption next to uh, alcohol consumption. Um, how big could it be? I guess, you know, if it does take over and then, and then w why in the forest, in the, in the trees, like why, why isn't this like, why hasn't this been like much, better of a sector stock wise than it has been like why hasn't this been like the best sector kind of like ever <laughs> how many questions do you throw in it, it's a big ball <laughs> of questions and you can take whichever part of that you want and run with it well so we can whittle our way down to your last question and that's why the stocks have been good because that's an easier answer the harder one is the consumption question right and um you're dealing with 50 years of prohibition, effectively, right? Cannabis is, and and it's it'll take a generation, and we'll call it two. We're 20 years into that change, and I don't know what your definition of a generation is, but it's longer than 20 years, right? Probably 40 years, maybe. So for that, for for society to change its, you know its perception of cannabis away from, you know, the, you know, the sixties and seventies when you had, you know, this is your brain on drugs kind of thing. 
you know, commercials and Reagan and saying how bad cannabis is. It'll take a long time for cannabis to get there, frankly. Um, and then we'll, we're 20 years into it with, you know, California starting 20 years ago, going medical and then uh, recreational a few years ago. So it, it's going to take a long time and it's going to take an even longer time if you have the people running the country and I'll just use Schumer and uh, what's the guy that's head of the Republican. Um, what's his name? Uh, the minority head. Mitch uh, McConnell. You thinking? Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Sorry. So if you have, you know, Pelosi, McConnell, you know, Schumer and, you know, baby boomers, right. And even older than that, but baby boomers running the country, their, their formative years were, when Reagan was telling you how bad drugs are and, you know, those days of, you know, your brain on drugs kind of thing. So that's what they know, frankly, and they can't see new data or new facts around the drug, frankly, or around the plant, because this is a plant, right? That's first and foremost. Um, So I think we have to get to that federal we have to get up to a place federally and, and arguably that's changed with, you know, sort of Clarence Thomas, you know, pushing things onto the States, right. To a certain degree, like it or not, um, or not, I should say. Uh, so we got to get, we got to get the federal government to look at the plant differently and to take it off the schedule run drug. And then when that happens, you can have testing, you can have, you know, you can have new technology coming into the space around beverages, and that will really allow the consumption of cannabis when you have, you know, social tonic, if you will, if you want to call it that. Um, and, and people can consume it easier and they don't have to smoke it. And you have the onset of, you know, like a beer or, or a glass of wine where it's five minutes and not two hours with an edible uh, and, and it goes away in 30 minutes or it goes away in 45 minutes. And you know how you're going to feel, you know, exa- you know, you, you drink a beer, you know exactly what's going to happen when you drink that beer, right? You to eat an edible, nobody knows <laughs> because it's the tech, you know, the technology is just not there from a, a processing standpoint. So there's so much uh, a part of this industry that has to grow up, if you will. And then you have to have innovation and technology, meaning technology, meaning new form factors, right? And how to consume it. And that will change the landscape for cannabis. Uh, Right now, we are stuck in prohibition, frankly. And as long as we're stuck in prohibition, you know, the the industry is never going to really grow up, if you will, to become a, you know, a competitor for alcohol. And I don't really ever think it's going to be a competitor for alcohol. I mean, yeah, the soccer mom might, you know, we, we talked about this and we actually interviewed a woman uh, about a year ago who wrote a book called the new Chardonnay. And it was, you know, basically, you know, why cannabis is going mainstream. And it was a great book. And it talked about all the players that they're helping bring cannabis mainstream. But it's it's got a long way to go. It's got a long way to grow up. But it, it will not happen under prohibition. It just it just won't uh, for obvious reasons. And that sort of I'll come to the you know the piece where the stocks are the stocks stuck, <laughs> frankly. And 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 I got to be honest with you. I mean, this has been I've made a lot of mistakes in my life of getting stocks wrong. 
this is the biggest mistake I've ever made. Like I just, I, I tried to see the forest through the trees and, you know, the end of prohibition and how big this industry could be, you know, it's a 20, it's the legal industry is $25 billion today. Right. Or right around that. Uh, The, if you add the illicit market to it and, you know, new frontier has estimates for it, how they estimate the illicit market, I can't tell you, Uh, but it's probably closer to 50 billion. So the market, it's a $50 billion industry today, which is, you know, I, it's bigger than Starbucks, frankly. And, uh, and approaching that of alcohol, I think alcohol is like a hundred billion dollars or something like that. But so it's a, it's a sizable industry. Uh, the problem is, you know, it operates in prohibition and that's, that's a problem. So, and the prohibition creates a problem for the stocks because in the U S if you're a, if, if you are, if you touch the plant, I mean, if you grow, THC or you grow marijuana and it has DHC in it, uh, you cannot trade as a public entity in the United States. Now, if you're a Canadian company and there are publicly listed, you know, NYSE, NASDAQ listed companies, but they can't participate in the business of marijuana in the United States. So that creates a liquidity problem for the U.S. companies who trade in you know, in the, the pink sheets in Canada. So that, that along with, so that creates a demand problem for the equities, right? Because you can't, you know, most, I think TD Ameritrade and a few others, maybe Fidelity will allow you to, you know, settle your trades with them, but there are a number of banks that won't allow you to settle a trade buying a U.S. company listed in Canada. So that creates a demand problem and you've got increased supply coming from because the industry is rolling itself, rolling up, right? So you're having companies buy into different states, which is issuing more equity, which is creating more supply. And the people that are you know, getting bought out want to cash out and they want to you know, sell their stock and they don't really care what price it is because they're in at pennies of the dollar. And if they sell it at $5, they're doing just fine, right? So long-winded answer, you know, the prohibition is, is holding back the industry from a couple pieces, right? One, the industry can't grow up and move out of its, you know, my brain on drugs stays. And uh, it's creating, you know, a, a, a lack of buyers into the space. And then you also have, and we've written about this, you know, and this is kind of my, this is where my big mistake came in with cannabis is and we, we publish U.S. sales every, every month. And we've been tracking a deceleration in sales and you know how agile works, right? Rate of change. So the industry, the cannabis industry in April, 2021, and this is, you know, 13 of the biggest states representing 75% of the industry because I don't have all the sales in the industry. The growth rate in the industry from call it April, May, 2021 to this past month, April this year has gone from 70% to down four. (laughs) <laughs> it's like a remarkable deceleration in sales. And again, just to be clear, this isn't 100% of the industry. It's just, you know, it's 75% of the industry, 13 states, but it's accounts for probably 80 to 90% of the sales for all the publicly traded companies. So that deceleration in sales has caused, I think, the biggest problem for the stocks today, frankly. And it's come from a couple of reasons, and I'll just end with this. It's come for a couple of reasons. One, I think that there was you know, 
a lot more consumption during the pandemic uh, for the last couple of years. So just people were staying at home and you can go to the dispensary and it's easy to consume cannabis. But lastly, you're having a big contraction in, in wholesale prices because of the increased supply. And that is the, uh, the biggest factors that I've missed. But it's not to say that, you know, two of those or three of those conditions, you know, it's going to be federally legalized at some point, which means, you know, U.S. buyers can come in again. And then the contraction in wholesale prices will will end and you'll get a much better top line growth. So I don't know if that answers your question, Ali. No, no, that's a but, great, um, uh, I mean, that's a fantastic, that was, no, no, that's a fantastic start. Um, I guess I, my follow-up, I, I, I have a few going in a number of different directions. The first one is an easy one. Yes or no. Have you ever spoken to Neil Howe about this generational crossover, the view, how people see marijuana and kind of like all that's demographic stuff? No, I think I think a couple of years ago we did, but I, he didn't. You know, I know I, I take that back. No, I really haven't had it. Okay, I'm wondering if like after he gets his book done um, that he's writing now, if maybe he would do like some kind of demographic work to see yeah. opinions and stuff and how they're changing. Just because like um, the view of alcohol is also changing a little bit. Uh, at least, uh, at least, just like me. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. 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 You know, dog fooding my own my own thought process. But like, it doesn't seem like the view of alcohol is as um, benign uh, as maybe it was a decade or two two decades ago. Um, in terms of you know, kind of viewing it as in in terms of consumption. Um, so that's why I think there's an opportunity in alcohol is, is, isn't alcohol like over a trillion dollar business in the, in the globally? Like, isn't that a, uh, globally? I, I don't know if you give me a second, I can tell you what it is in the States. It's okay. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, it just seems, I, I agree with, I, I agree with your mistake as I guess maybe like one of my sort of feedback points that, um, that it does seem like this industry for the next hundred years will be in growth mode, but uh, all the details you mentioned are great reminders. Um, Andrew and I have talked about this on on this podcast of like, you know, great church, wrong, right church, wrong pew. Um, it was one of the episodes we did last year. Um, and also, like, I find a lot of shorts where um, where the company IPOs and, you know, like just taking like, for example, DevOps, which is like this new hot new thing in, in software. Um, and the IPO, and they're like, we're in DevOps, da, 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 da. and of course, like everyone's like, oh, I need to have DevOps exposure in my in my portfolio. <laughs> and then like we do, and DevOps is gonna be huge, right? It's huge. And then we do the work, and we're like, well, they're actually kind of like the tool that's on its way out in DevOps, or <laughs> you know, we're like, we're like these guys are totally saturated and like fully landed, and now they've got to buy their way into a solution for DevOps. It's like it's not a uh, it's not, you know, like people use um, TAM often or the forest in this case, maybe in this conversation, better to reference that as a distraction. And because it can be a distraction. In this case, it sounds like there's the supply increases are like, I guess, taking a big step back sound like really good because in the long run, that just means prices go down. The more prices go down, the bigger this industry is going to be in the future because, you know, alcohol prices are going, you know, probably have yeah. inflationary characteristics. So if this is deflationary characteristics, the consumption volume will grow even larger and become even more widespread. Um, but I understand well, that. It, it, to your point, I mean, if you think about it, um, 
you know, you can get, I'll just, you know, you can buy in down the street from my house, uh, you know, 20 gummies, right. Which have five milligrams a piece, which is basically equivalent of drinking a beer, right. Um, for $35. So on a price per piece, it's pretty cheap. Right, and it's a lot cheaper than buying a drink, and it's a lot cheaper than going to the store to buy a drink. And just to, I found the numbers. So the the beer industry today, until your comment on the TAM, that's the other piece of the cannabis industry is, you know, and one of my mistakes is I'm looking at the the market size, right? And the market size of beer in the United States is 120 billion, wine is 74 billion, and spirits is 52 billion. And the legal cannabis market is 25 billion. And I put it at 50 billion, you know, including the illicit market. So it's as big as it's, it's the biggest spirits is today, but significantly lower than beer and wine together. So this industry can double or triple in size easily, easily without, you know, but it can't do that unless there's federal unless we we come out from prohibition. And the other piece of this, and I'll just let snub stop here but you know if you think about it uh, the opportunity of buying an industry in prohibition because you could have invested in the liquor industry in prohibition too and you would have made a fortune 30 years later you know if you put if you can if you've got kids college age and you put you know gti or some of these companies you know in your you know 429 plan and 20 years later your kids are going to college i bet you're going to make a shit ton of money owning some of these yeah. So, so what would, by the way, so what would those vehicles be if you had to pick them today? Like what would be the top three that you'd say? Like, just yeah. so DRNOF, GTBIF, uh, TCNNF. Hold on, hold on. Let's um, go slower. GTBIF. <laughs> uh, GTBIF, which is green yeah. thumb. DRNOF, yeah. which is Verano, DRNOF. Yeah. And then TCNNF is True Leaves. And there are some smaller names too, but those are kind of the big three um, that will, um, there's one that's bigger than, than one, the, the largest company, Curly, C-O-R-L-F, I don't have on my long list. I think it's a house of cards, frankly. Okay. Um, good, but, good to avoid a house of cards. I guess like that, it kind of brings up like the next thought process, which is that if you look at like, the semiconductor industry, right, which became enormous, is enormous, um, like a $400 billion uh, plus industry today on revenue basis. Um, and obviously market caps, you know, much, much bigger than that altogether. Um, and you look back at like, I don't know, for example, I think it was like, uh, I, I'm remembering something from a book, but it was like, I don't know, third quarter of 1976, in that one quarter, Intel stock was both like $9 and like $176. And of course, uh, you know, dilution and splits and whatever, that's like pennies versus today. So you, you would have made, um, you know, more money than God, like investing in Intel. But but like the pain of owning it, like through those yeah. generations um, in an industry that's early and lurches forward. And then, you know, it's like three steps forward, two, two steps back type of thing. Um, I understand can be really, really tough. And so I guess the question is like, if we, if we were to study, um, 
like any, almost any industry going from the moment where you can see like, oh my God, that's going to be huge to when do people actually make tons of money in it? Um, I wonder what we would find, like, what are the triggers uh, that, that help it? Like, for example, in the case of, 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 of the cannabis industry, like I'm thinking like at some point, I don't know, Walmart will be like, okay, we're selling this stuff in our stores. Maybe that's the moment. Um, or there's well, some- that's, that's, that's federally, that's why I keep referring to federal legalization. So yeah. you got to come out of the, you got to come out of the closet and the government's got to come out and say, you know, cannabis is not a, cannabis is not like, you know, other schedule one drugs, right? It is not a schedule one drug. I mean, you don't ever hear about, you know, someone smoking pot that's, you know, um, trying to kill, you know, who's, I, you hear about raging alcoholics all the time, right? Fathers, you know, alcoholics who beat their wives, beat their kids, get in trouble. You know, you don't ever read about that. So when people are smoking pot, as a matter of fact, I remember the first company trip I went on, I was in uh, the first cannabis company trip on, it was to Las Vegas. And I went to, it it was a company sponsored meeting and they had a, you know, a guy guarding the door and he was an ex Marine. Right. And I asked him why he got into this job. And he said he would, he would never do it if it wasn't a cannabis company, meaning he would never try to be a bouncer at a bar because he, or he would never want to have to deal with drunks. Right. 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 But, right. But, but when it comes to cannabis, it's just a different. So you gotta, you gotta come out of the closet and then, and then the industry will, will, will ex- the industry growth rate will reaccelerate significantly. But, but until then, you know, we're in the dark ages and the stocks will be in the dark ages. And it's, it's fortunately, that's- um, even just to go back, by the way, to that comparison with the semiconductor industry, because the government and many governments around the world, for example, um, did not create impediments for the semiconductor industry. Although I'm sure, like industry participants at the time, would have you know, plenty of complaints about governments and that, whatever. But generally speaking, governments around the world, including the United States, actually helped to fund. They tried to put wind at the backs of an industry like this, and mm. with obviously like great societal benefits and computing and things like that. But also, by the way, like you know, environmentally negative and, you know, kind of toxicity and things like that, that, you know, a lot of byproduct that isn't so good that we're going to be cleaning up for a few hundred years. Um, so not like a, not like a one-way directional positive, although, you know, I guess maybe the kind of industry that you want people training in, in terms of engineering and such, but in the case of marijuana, it's, it is amazing how it's growing up um, on its own with the government kind of like putting headwinds against it. Um Imagine if the government were to even have some kind exactly. of tailwind, like in the sense of like, you know, remove this, remove prohibition, but also even like to the extent that that it, you know, there are studies that show, like you said, like less violent behavior this way and versus alcohol or, or you know, also like fewer um, deaths from like gut related issues, uh, things like that, that, that you know. Um, I know marijuana has its own share of byproduct and illness and psychosis and things that, that are, that are, that come from it also not, not trying to, you know, consider it the kind of like a wonder drug, but it is amazing how much it's grown with the government actually leaning against it. Um, Well, and one of the, one of the impediments to that is again, going back to, you know, prohibition, you can't study the plant legally, Right. So you can't do research on the plant. If there there are companies out there that have done some, you know, some studies 
there's government agencies that are doing studies, but, but broad study of the plant and the medicinal benefits can't happen because it's federally illegal. You go to Israel, right? It's a different story where they're, the studies that they've done you know, show tremendous medicinal benefits of the plant, but you can do it in Israel. You can't do it in the United States. So, but that's the biggest, you know, that's one, one of many impediments is the fact that, um, you know, the people can't really study the plant to understand what its benefits are, you know, calming anxiety, you know, helping people reduce nauseousness from chemotherapy. You know, just, there's just so many things that, that, you know, can happen to when, when the plant is, is allowed to be free. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Um, you know, that whole, it, it's just the dichotomy of, you know, kind of knowing that this is going to be the market size will be 10 times what it is today. Um, the market, forget about picking winners and losers within the market. It'll be much bigger, but the journey to get there, not just not just the prohibition from the government, but also, as you mentioned before, some of the technology product market fit issues have to fit, get fixed. And also uh, supply growth is now rampant, which means prices go down. It's great for the consumer, great for the long-term growth of the industry, bad for uh, producer and vendor uh, profits and revenue growth in the short term. So pretty interesting um, set of dynamics. And um, while um, you're, you know, one of the things I, I mentioned going back to technology um, and your your comment on technology. Some of, I think Keith said this on the morning call the, the other day or last week. Amazon had a ninety percent drawdown, I think, at one point, right? Yeah. Uh, when it first came public. Yeah. And, and look what happened, right? And people were like, "Okay, is this thing really going to work? You know, are you really going to be able to buy? You know." You know, it, I mean, it just started out as books, right? You know, Amazon better than I do, but like that's to me, you know, a, a company that just changed the world, frankly, and how we purchase things. Um, and it experienced a ninety percent drawdown. Yeah, but sometimes I think, as you and I both know, and, and maybe to some degree, have experienced a little bit in our own lives, um, when the guns to your head, you know, when you're backed into the corner. It's amazing. Those those individuals, companies, et cetera, who are fighters. Um, so Amazon going down 90% probably made it into what it is today. If and if how so? How do you mean? Well, you I mean? think, well, I, I mean, they really had to um innovate, they had to expand, they had to do so um uh perspicaciously, you know, like, you know, in terms of, in terms of being careful about CapEx and other things, um, they couldn't just be willy nilly and cost bloat and things like that. They had to, they had to be extremely smart and disciplined about how they grow their product lines that are available on the e-commerce side. Then they, um, uh, you know, like they, because they were constant, con they had built this culture in, um, they came up with AWS, uh, which is actually the one of them, probably one of the main reasons why the stock has been so great in the last decade. Um, they invented the, you know, not invented the cloud, but they really kind of commercialized the cloud. And uh, if they had had, you know, lack of discipline, they might've just been like, whatever, these are our, it's, it's water spent, it's, it's water under the bridge or whatever the term is, you know, like we spent the CapEx, we have the servers, like uh, they're for us, they're for our e-commerce. We're not going to sell their capacity out to other people. Um, so I, I just think like, you know, I think sometimes, you know, so I don't know how that, how that will be for the, 
uh, weed industry, but I'm, I'm imagining that the cannabis industry will have to have uh, enormous discipline, will have to have enormous um, innovation on a cost per unit perspective in order to keep pace with the supply growth uh, impacting price declines. Um, and winners and losers will be formed and cultures will be formed in these companies of those who innovate and find success. Um, and then also the other side of it is the product market fit, the companies that are, that are today, maybe they're all in one, but like eventually the industry will have, you know, this, it will be a wider supply chain, right? There'll be people facing the customer. There'll be people supplying to this. There'll be people creating the equipment, right? It's going to all break into pieces as people, as specialization occurs. Uh, but even at the end, like facing the consumer, there's going to be enormous amounts of thought process around even just how the stores look, what kind of things are in there. Like, oh, maybe gummies go away entirely because no one wants to compete. No one wants to sell anything to a child and have a problem this way and a headline and things like that. And, you know, I don't know. There's just, it seems like there's that, that things not going well, um, some quit and fold and some will knuckle down and are like, we are going to use this as a huge opportunity. TSMC, for example, Taiwan Semiconductor in, in Taiwan used to do this when um, their founder was running the company that whenever there was a crash, he would go and like double his CapEx because even, or I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating for effect, but he would, he would get aggressive. Because he's like, okay, sure. Yeah, I screwed up my free cash flow for the next 12 months. Guess what? I'm going to have six more massive clients in the next three years because of it. And my revenue is going to be infinitely larger in five years than you guys could ever imagine. Um, so I just, and, and using crisis as opportunity um, is another part of the culture that develops like for comfort uh, and the winning companies who are going to lead this industry, you know, higher and into good places. So it's just an interesting um to see uh, the cannabis industry at such a, a young uh, stage of development, at, um, and to I, I agree with you on your on your forest bet. Like I totally agree with you, uh, but hearing the details, I agree. It sounds challenging. It sounds like there's a lot of potholes. Like you could even even the prohibition thing. By the way, you could end prohibition, but be faced with you're facing six quarters of excess supply growth, which are going to make these terrible stocks. Like you could just you could still have right. those things, right? Like it's just all. There's, there's, I like uh, your Amazon analogy, though. I, I, that makes a lot of sense to me because capital is constrained right now for the cannabis industry right now. So all these companies are going to have to gear down and bear down and become more profitable and focus, not make dumb acquisitions. You know, it's, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, here's just like a little side benefit is here's an industry growing up without the banking industry. So they are not being banked. They're finding a way around commercial banking. Uh, that's pretty interesting to me. Like, how is that all? What are they all going to flow <laughs> Well, Well, you can use debit cards, so it's not completely devoid of commercial mm, banking. That's right. But it's, 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 you know, you still have, it's still a cash business, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by Hedgeye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Hedgeye is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended 
intended solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the contents. All investments entail a certain degree of risk, and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors, including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the Terms of Service at Hedgeye.com slash Terms of Service.